You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. I am your host this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining me. Broadcasting this morning from the Mustard Seed Catholic Bookstore here in Sioux Falls. I just tend to come in and make myself at home at the Mustard Seed. For those that don't know, my mother runs the store, so that helps. (laughs) We have had a great first hour. If you've missed any of that first hour, I highly recommend you go back and check out our podcasts. You can find them on realpresenceradio.com. Or you can go to our app. You can download the app for free. Just look for Real Presence Radio. And we also upload all of our podcasts to there. So like I like to listen to them in the car when I'm traveling. So if you've missed anything, we had Jennifer Hazing on from Dress for Success. And then Robin, Robin Brueggemann was just on talking about Lent and her family and living liturgically and how her and her family do that. So wonderful interviews. And then also... I wanted to do a quick reminder that we also have a store, and I hate to admit it that I kind of wanted an entire wardrobe of Real Presence Radio gear. So if you go to our website, realpresenceradio.com, we have a store that's going to be up through the end of the month, and you can buy RPR logo stuff, fun stuff, because, you know, I like to shop, and so... There's a lot of different things that you can choose from. And then 10% of the uh, whatever you buy goes back to Real Presence Radio. So not only will you be sporting and advertising RPR for us, you'll also be donating to RPR. So moving right along, we've got Chris Motes on from the Catholic uh, Conference here in South Dakota. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning. Great to be with you. Thank you for joining us. I heard that there's lots going on um, at the Capitol in South Dakota. Uh, where would you like to begin, Chris? Oh, golly. Well, I just stepped out of uh, testifying in committee on two great bills. Uh, maybe I'll just give an update on those real quick. Okay. Uh, House Bill 1110 was a bill that um, bans abortions that would be based upon a diagnosis of Down syndrome. You know, it's just, uh, mm. just really excited that uh, Governor Nolan pro-life governor here in South Dakota uh, personally brought this bill. Uh, she's really passionate uh, about the defense of the unborn and especially concerned about discrimination against people that have disabilities. So a great, great mm-hmm. bill. And then another bill uh, just finished testifying in support of uh, House Bill 1130 is a bill, um, they, they call it abortion reversal. Maybe more technically speaking, it's abortion discontinuance. Um, about a third of abortions in South Dakota are what they call medical or drug-induced abortions, where there's mm-hmm. a series of, of, of drugs that a woman uh, will take. Well, there, there's, in the medical literature, there's, there's good information that, uh, that if a woman stops after that first drug, that uh, there's an increased chance that her, her child will live. Um, so just this bill is a, the bill that would have... Uh, or that makes sure that she's getting really good information hmm. uh, about that possibility. So just really proud to support both of those bills, and, uh, and great to see strong votes out of uh, out of the committee this morning. So um, let me ask you this, Chris. <clears throat> going back to the first bill that you just talked about, um, is it currently a law that women can have an abortion if they get the diagnosis that their child has Down syndrome? 
that- you know, there's that's that's right. There's there's no um, there's there's no ban on that. Okay. Um, they could they can have an abortion for any reason. Okay. Um, up to a certain threshold and, and beyond a certain number of weeks, it's, it's regulated a bit more. But no, in South Dakota, we do we do ban since 2014. Um, we, we ban sex selective abortions, so killing uh, a child because of his or her sex. But uh, currently, there's nothing in state law that that would prevent an abortion based on diagnosis of a disability like like Down syndrome. Um, and there were just some really just lovely, <coughs> lovely people that testified to support this bill, told their own personal stories. Um, some some people with uh, with this condition that just shared how much they love life mm-hmm. um, and love their community, and, and you could just see the joy sort mm. of uh, radiating uh, as they were testifying. Really, Wonderful. really inspiring. Wonderful. So, anything coming down the pike? Yeah, there's there's one bill that I, I really wanted to talk about uh, okay. with you all this morning. It's it's House Bill 1247, being called the Medical Conscience Protection Act. And it's a bill that essentially says a medical practitioner should never be forced to choose between their conscience and their job, which which I think makes sense to a lot of us, um, that, you know, our, our, our most deeply held beliefs... Um, are, are so, so important that we should have the ability to just raise our hand, and this is even more important for medical providers, to raise our hand and say, hey, I can't help with this procedure, whether it's mm-hmm. abortion, sterilization, uh, contraception, abortifacient, maybe a so-called sex change. Um, you know, it could be a host of things that people could come to know just in their conscience. The catechism definitely is unconscious. Conscience is that place in our heart, where we come to know truth, where we come to know right and wrong, and then when we when we come to know it, we make a decision for it. We're bound to follow it. Um, so, you know, I, conscience has been in the news in re- recent years. You know, I think a lot of people are probably familiar with this, the story of the Little Sisters of the Poor. Mm-hmm. You know, this this beautiful order of nuns that um, they a law um, was requiring that they cover abortifacients, contraception in their health insurance plan for employees of their uh, nursing homes they're running. And they just said, look, we can't, we can't do that. That's not, that's not part of who we are. And they've been in ongoing litigation. I mean, it's just been years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it shouldn't happen. It really shouldn't happen uh, in the United States of America. It's certainly not, not an isolated incident. Um, one of the reasons we're, we're, we're so firmly of the belief that this sort of protection belongs robustly in state law is because those, those, those protections that exist presently in federal law um, are really weak and ineffective. So to give just like one example, a New York nurse was forced to assist in mm. a really gruesome late-term dismemberment abortion. Oh. Um, she, she raised a claim federally, but it took four years, four years. And probably millions um, of dollars. And, and I don't know how much money, but it's just like that, that shouldn't be the case. We should be able to seek recourse in our local, you know, go to your county courthouse, and, and we should have these protections in, in state law. You know, under the previous presidential administration, 
there were some really strong pro-life people working in the Health and Human Services Department. They put in a rule, what's called a rule, so not a law, but these federal departments have the ability to make rules and regulations. Um, they put, a, put conscience protections in this rule, um, and part of the public input process for this rulemaking, there were tens of thousands, literally tens of thousands of American health care providers that submitted comments saying how their conscience was being pressured or coerced or, or they were being discriminated against in some way. So and this, you know, rules are, are tenuous. They, they shift. Mm-hmm. Any administration, um, so long as they follow the proper procedures that are spelled out in federal law, any administration can change those rules. And one of the problems right now, we, we believe that this, this federal rule that's currently on the books is tenuous is because the, the very, one of the very attorneys who was so tenacious in going after the Little Sisters before, uh, a man named Xavier Becerra, who was the Attorney General of California for some time, um, you know, he's, he's the one who's being proposed as, uh, as, as the Secretary of Health and Human Services. So it's just mm-hmm. not a whole lot of confidence that, um, that whatever protections do exist federally actually provide relief. Uh, to go to the state level. Um, you know, this is a bill that I mentioned so conscience can be kind of a broad concept. And right. It encompasses all of, those, all of those things that we might come to believe are, are wrong. You know, they, it happens in conscience. But one of the reasons that this is really at the forefront of minds right now is, is because of the pro-life movement, realizing that these these protections are robustly needed in state law. Of course, we remember uh, many people remember back uh, in January, not not long ago, the 48th anniversary, tragic anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Um, our our American president, on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, promised to codify Roe versus Wade in federal law. And what that means is, so Roe versus Wade is currently case law, the decision of a court. And the pro-life movement has been fighting for 48 years uh, and counting to get that court decision overturned. But if it's codified in federal law, the court decision doesn't really matter. It's just mm-hmm. there in federal statute. Really the only thing that stands between uh, the pro-life movement and that happening federally, federally is, a, is a procedural um, thing in the Senate called the filibuster. You know, hopefully the filibuster... Uh, Endures, not removed, but really that's a that's a very thin defense against what would be an awful, awful. So, by all indications, you know the the new administration, and I, you know, I got to acknowledge that that goods are being pursued too in a lot of different ways. But when it comes to abortion, uh, religious freedom, and rights of conscience, there's very, very much to be concerned about at the federal level, which emphasizes why state level protection. So urgently. Hmm. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Chris Motes, um, and he is in Pierre. I'm assuming you're um, at the Capitol right now. You've been in a few meetings already this morning testifying. Um, we're talking about some Medical Conscious Protection Act. Uh, 
House Bill 1247. Uh, Chris, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about um, things that we should be concerned about and things that we can do to help. So, folks, stay right where you're at. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more with Chris Motes. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Want to know how you can help spread the word about Real Presence Radio? Real Presence Radio has just opened an online clothing store where you can purchase some cool RPR gear. Just click on our website, realpresenceradio.com slash store, and choose from 17 different items. Choices include jackets, pullovers, polo shirts, dress shirts, cardigans, and more. And 10% of each item you purchase comes back to Real Presence Radio. The store is only open until March 1st, so don't wait. Go to realpresenceradio.com slash store to make your purchases. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro, and I am broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we're talking with Chris Motes, who is the Executive Director of the Catholic Conference for South Dakota. And he's in Pierre at the Capitol right now, and we're just discussing some important bills that are coming up um, in the House. And we've been talking about the Medical Conscience Protection Act, House Bill 1247. Chris, one thing I wanted to ask about that um, Medical Conscience Protection Act, why are they going after the medical conscience versus saying this is against my religion? Well, um the short answer is because there are non-religious people who believe in morality. Mm. If, if that if that makes sense, I'm going to read a quote if if I can just from this is from Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life. This was um, a, a document, uh, a pro-life document that Pope Saint John Paul II published 
Let's see, 25 years ago this month, it was published on Feast of Annunciation in 1995, 26 years ago. He, he writes that to refuse to take part in committing an injustice is not simply a moral duty, it is also a basic human right. Mm. What is at stake, therefore, is an essential right, which precisely as such should be acknowledged and protected by civil law. In this sense, the opportunity to refuse to take part in the phases of consultation, preparation, and execution of these acts, these immoral acts, uh, against life should be guaranteed to physicians, healthcare personnel, and directors of hospitals, clinics, and convalescent facilities. Those who have recourse to conscientious objection must be protected, not only from legal penalties, but also from any negative effects on the legal, disciplinary, financial, and professional plane. So in that whole quotation, he was talking about um, conscientious objection. So in conscience, somebody says, I can't participate in that. Not a right to do something, affirmatively, a right to act, but a right to refrain from acting. And again, just kind of in a nutshell, it's important because we can come to know moral truth through a reason, even if we don't have any particular religious allegiances. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Religious freedom is obviously a very important right. People need to be able to pursue pursue God, seek Him, and live their faith in the public square. But at the same time, we could maybe say this is um, a, a partner or a sister right in some ways, that all people of goodwill, mm-hmm. even those who don't go to church on Sunday, um, have the right to follow their consciences uh, in matters of right and wrong, mor- uh, morality and immorality. Uh, good and evil. Of course, um, it, it has to be stated, too, that all people have an obligation to form their consciences. Mm. That's something we've talked about a lot, I think, on this show before, when I've been on in the past, when we talk about faithful citizenship, forming our conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and simply, that means that, that we've, got, we've got an acknowledge, uh, we, we've got a duty to seek objective truth. Conscience doesn't mean that we just get to make things up on our own but that we're sort of taking in all of the, all of the data uh, that's sort of part of the fabric of reality about human life, about our, our moral obligations, and we're, we're sort of wrestling with that internally in our hearts, in our conscience, uh, in order to form them, and then we make decisions. So that's, um, it, it is a bit different than, mm-hmm. than a religious right. Yeah, I can see that. So what are some things that we need to be doing uh, about this House Bill 1247? Well, this bill is going to be up in the House State Affairs Committee on Monday of next week. And we, this bill is not going to get across the finish line unless, ev- unless everybody stands up and says, this is important, we need it, this is a fundamental human right that should be protected in South Dakota law. Um, so what I would encourage people to do um, is you could go to sdcatholicconference.org, and you could get on our email list. They'll be sending out more information in the days ahead on actions that people can take. Or they can always go to our legislative website, too. It's sdlegislature.gov, sdlegislature.gov. And then you can, you can find the members of the House State Affairs Committee and, and email those members um, and just tell them, this is important. We, we need this bill in South Dakota. Um, it's, it's, it's fundamental uh, mm-hmm. that we protect these rights. So everybody get out there and make your voices heard. That's our goal. Okay, so there's also a homeschool bill that I've been hearing about. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, a couple of education-related bills. One of them uh, concerning uh, homeschooling, or as our statutes in South Dakota call it, alternative instruction, um, does a number of, of really nice things that kind of streamline uh, the process for homeschooling families um, and permits homeschooling kids to, to participate in extracurriculars. You know, their parents are paying taxes and, and paying mm-hmm. for paying for extracurriculars. Um, as a matter of justice, why can't uh, why can't they participate? Let the kids play. Mm-hmm. Um, so this the, the the principles of the Catholic faith that this bill really proceeds from um, is is a principle of what we can call subsidiarity. In the state house, they like to talk about local control. And as this prime sponsor of the bill in the Senate uh, put it, the kind of the pinnacle of local control is with parents and the family. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the authority to form kids ultimately resides, and the church couldn't agree more mm-hmm. that, that that parents are the primary educators of their children, and the state has a duty to to aid and assist them as as they as parents um, seek to fulfill their obligations to to form and educate. You know, of course, there are lots of uh, three. There are three ways in the state of South Dakota that one can um, educate a child private schools, public schools, or alternative instruction, homeschool. And, you know, we just say, let a, let a thousand flowers bloom. Mm-hmm. May, may parents really be supported and affirmed in, in their choices. Wonderful. So um, that's that's coming today? Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to be up on the Senate floor this afternoon. So for for people that, that want to help out on that bill, you could go to... Um, that, again, sdlegislature.gov, and you can pull up the emails of your senators and just send them a quick note. Um, always, you know, we always do so in charity and cheerfulness, and just really give them some encouragement um, to vote uh, for to support Senate Bill One Seven Seven One Seventy Seven. Okay. So, all right. What else should we be aware of? Is there anything else coming up soon? You know, a couple of other bills that are making their way through um, that we don't have anything scheduled right now, but just for people to be aware of, because they're great bills. Speaking of education, another education-related bill is Senate Bill 175. This is a bill that um, streamlines, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, streamlines a, a tax credit scholarship program that um, that helps families who wouldn't otherwise be financially able to, it helps them send their kids to a to a private school. It could be, you know, Catholic school, Lutheran school, um, you know, whatever, whatever school they choose. Um, the, the, the program has been in place I think we're losing Chris. Have that choice. Okay, there he is. Um, and uh, right now there are, there are only certain, there are only entry points into the scholarship program at certain grade levels, and we realize, ah, there are some families out there that are kind of getting filtered out by these um, grade-level entry points. Mm-hmm. So that 175 just opens it up and says, hey, if you're not currently in the program but you otherwise qualify financially, you can apply at any point in time. You don't have to wait until you hit one of those grade levels. So nice. Senate Bill 175 is a, is a great bill. Wonderful. Well, Chris, it's always a pleasure to have you on the air. Any last thoughts before we let you go this morning? I know you're I know you're a busy guy. You, you, you know, <laughs> we got to use our voices. I'm so grateful for people reaching out and exercising their voices. But, but really, as, as our two 
holy bishops in South Dakota always remind me, it's prayer that wins the day. It's prayer that mm. wins the battles. So keep praying. You know, God, uh, God is powerful, and he's, he, he, he wants to make his glory manifest in the world. So just keep praying, everybody. Um, don't, don't slack up. I like it. All right. So, Chris, one quick question before I let you go. You said um, earlier that you were in um, a couple of meetings and you were testifying. What does that mean? Oh, yeah. So um, of the 500 and some bills that have been filed uh, in, in our legislature this year, every single one of them gets a hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are five steps to the process. Chamber of uh, Committee in the Chamber of Origin, and then they go to the floor. And then if it's successful, it repeats it in the other chamber, so House and Senate. And then it gets to the governor. But in committee, there's um, kind of this long bench or panel of legislators. Could be anywhere from 7 to 15. And people have an opportunity to speak on behalf of a bill or to oppose oh. a bill. Um, so you just kind of sit down, and it, it can be kind of intimidating. You know, it's a fancy-looking fancy, fancy looking room. You get all these all mm-hmm. these senators are looking at you. But you're just sharing, um, sharing why you think the bill is a, is a good idea. Hmm. Interesting. We're so lucky to have somebody in peer representing the Catholic faith. I love that. That's exciting. It's it's great work that I'm really grateful for. All right. Well, Chris Smotes, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give out the website once again if people want to look at some of these bills, sign up for emails, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, you're going to go to sdcatholicconference.org. All the information is there, and jump on our email list. All right. Thank you, Chris, for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks. So that was Chris Motes. He is from the Catholic Conference for South Dakota. I know there is also one for Minnesota and one for North Dakota. And so we have little updates from them every once in a while. But we just highly encourage all of our listeners to participate. I'm not um, one that is uh, highly involved in politics, but I also find that it is our duty uh, to participate. And if that's a quick email to one of the senators about an important bill that's coming through, um, it doesn't take much time, but it could make a big difference um, in peer where I think we can make the biggest difference. So you're listening to Real Presence Live, and I am Heather Caro, and I'm your host this morning. Thank you for joining me today. If you've missed any of our previous interviews, we've had a great morning already for this Ash Wednesday. You can go to realpresenceradio.com and you can check out um, our podcast section and we section it off. I love how Eli and Therese will break it down so that it's just one interview and you can just go to that particular interview for that day and listen to it over and over again. So if you wanted some more of those numbers of bills to be paying attention for from Chris Motes, just uh, check out our website, realpresenceradio.com, download our app. You can get it on there also. And I think that about covers it. So I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, Rachel's Vineyard training. What is Rachel's Vineyard? And where is the training? And how can you participate? We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. (music) 